Welcome again to our final day for our future 2022. Thank you so much for being part of this. I'm so excited to see the change that will come in so many lives, the connections made today, the new paths started upon today, the seeds planted today. So thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for sharing your vision. Thank you for supporting others in this. I want to talk about something that's kind of like a culmination of all the different people, all the different examples, all the hopeful ideas together, our regenerative future, bringing it all together. That's why it's here on this last day. And I want to, I want to show you that vision because for me, you know, the behind all of this, I'm a dad. You know, I'm a husband, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a teacher. And so I, I really have that generational thinking, that future care thing going on. And on top of that, I've struggled with depression and anxiety my whole life. And only as an adult have I really had the skills and the understanding to really manage it well and to get to a place where I just feel so much more relief. And a huge part of it was permaculture. I don't know about for you, but for me, to a degree, it feels like, you know, I was born into a dying world. And to a lot of the, our children, that's a, the exact message that they're getting. And that's not a hopeful one, that, that, that's painful. And so I didn't want to spread that to the next generation as a teacher, as a father. And I originally, <laughs> Believe it or not, um, you can check this. Uh, I was a science fiction writer. And that's why I went to NYU to be a writer. I was all into Philip K. Dick, uh, Blade Runner. And so, I, I mean, I still love that stuff, but I can't read it because it's so depressing, the dystopian science fiction, end of the world kind of stuff. I was just steeped in that. And I was also kind of an emo-esque songwriter at that point. Uh, and so I was really down a lot because I felt like the world was doomed. And I felt like human nature was fundamentally flawed. And then on top of that, my wife uh, has had cancer multiple times. And in the process of, of, of dealing with that and coping with that and getting through that, you know, it's been, it's been years. And so she's a multiple time cancer survivor. And that's has affected, you know, all 17 years of our marriage. And our boys grew up in that. And I became a substitute teacher and then a high school teacher. And I felt like I had to provide a path that was hopeful for my high schoolers. I couldn't bring my angst or depression or anxiety with me to work. So I really had to be there in service. And then for my wife and my kids, I had to be there in service. So I had to learn to put these things down in order to honestly and without any of my own baggage, provide what they needed. And so obviously I'm not perfect, you know, uh, I, I, I'm not, not, not perfect at these things, um, but that's what I only, always am striving for and working towards and it makes life better. <laughs> and so I want that for my boys too. And when I learned about permaculture, it was the greatest thing and it continues to be 
the most amazing thing because the science continues to prove out that earth care, people care, and future care is not only wise, but it's the only course of action that remains to us. We can't keep abusing the earth. There's no, you know, planet B or there's no other source for what we need. All the services, the oxygen levels, the carbon cycling, all those services can only truly be done well in a way that has holistic benefit for all life on into the future through natural processes. So permaculture, whew, I became so deeply optimistic and hopeful. Um, I, I think that perhaps uh, a lot of people would say that I was, you know, on a emotional high, that I had the, uh, the new founder or new conversion or uh, the, the, the discovery kind of eagerness. And I would say that I think I'm more confident and more excited about what we can do, what we do know now than I was even at the beginning where I was like, ah, everything's possible, right? And I think it's, and it's come through time, it's come through intensive study, it's come through creating many books and lots of courses and collaborating and working with scientists all over the world. But I've only become increasingly optimistic and hopeful and excited because more and more of my friends are finding greater and greater success and the solutions are becoming at the scale of the problem. So, so I, I, th that's why we're here. That's why there's so many people talking from all the different branches of the regenerative spectrum because the solutions really are there. And then what happened after that was I started learning about self-improvement, high-performance habits from this guy, this really positive, high-energy guy known as Brendan Burchard. And it, his books, Motivation Manifesto, High-Performance Habits, all of his resources, I use his calendar, I do the, his meditation routinely. I went to his live conferences, I do the meditation. I, I really value Brendan. I'm on live with him once a month at least. And he is a mentor and I've gotten high performance coaching through his programs, so one-on-one. -on -one. So I really value self-improvement. I, I value going to, to therapy if you need it. There's nothing wrong with that. I've, been, I've, I've gone to different therapists at different times in my life for different things. And these things can help your relationships with other people, they can be your relationship with yourself, they can help with understanding um, the things that we don't understand about ourselves. So I've embraced it all in the spirit of getting better because the process of getting better is, is accepting being wrong and working through that and understanding how we're wrong and fixing it and developing the competency that leads to the competency confidence loop that we all desire. And I've been working through that with myself for years and that's essentially what we're doing in the garden in the permaculture orchards, in the regenerative agricultural fields, we're all trying to get better and better in all the different ways possible. And for me, it was so, so vital 
for my success, for my growth, to focus on all my all, all aspects of who I am to, to do that. And so that's that's really when it all began. I began to manage my mind and my emotions for the first time in my life. Uh, and and it wasn't like a reaction to doing something and not doing something. It was a taking uh, conscious effort and heading in a, a, a direction. And then somewhere in there, I became an entrepreneur and I felt like anything could be possible with enough good people working together. And I've been teaching permaculture for over seven years now. And I've been talking about this regenerative future on my podcast a regenerative future for as many, almost as many years, maybe a little bit longer. And so this is something that I'm focused on. I feel like we need to articulate it to get it. It's not just something that's gonna happen to us. It's not something that's just going to arrive like a government mandate or something. This is something that we need to choose, that we need to uh, support in our bioregions, support in the world. We need to go out and seek it and, and find it and then, or create it and then support it because the regenerative future is created by our choices. And we're going to talk about that today because one of the fundamental questions people ask is, what does this actually look like? If we're going to have permaculture everywhere, if we're going to have regeneration everywhere, what does that actually mean? What does that actually look like? So all these talks, you know, touch a different piece of this, this larger whole and there are different aspects and perspectives on, like windows into this larger thing. And the regenerative space is so large. Permaculture, the concept, earth care, people care, future care, is so large that when we talk about it, um, even when we generalize, uh, we, we, we can lose some detail, right? Because it's so big, we generalize so much that we've, we've zoomed out a lot. And so we really need the, all these niche experts to help us zoom in and understand the clarity and the detail around that section, that perspective. And again, these are all perspectives on something that's there because it's natural cycles. These are the natural order and processes and secession of the earth. So we are, we are always trying to understand it better. We're always trying to, uh, to connect things better and understand how we can interact with things better. So it's not a perfect view and none of us have this perfection, you know, we, we, we are constantly learning. It's a science. So we're standing on the shoulders of giants. We're, we're, we're testing things with new testing methodologies. We're trying, combining, mixing, mashing up, remixing, bringing our ideas to the fore, adapting all of the different modalities for exploration and, and pushing ideas forward, we welcome. Because as I said, it's only through mistakes, only through learning how we're wrong do we become writer. And to that end, we need goals and common visions as humans to really accomplish great things. It needs to be simple enough that we really can communicate it. It needs to be visual enough that we can hold the idea in our heads and communicate them to everyone so that that common vision can be strong enough to bring it into reality. And, and this is how things have always been done. It's human nature. We love stories. 
we love visuals. We love seeing it before it happens so that we can work on our anticipation and get excited. So as, as we finish up this conference and as we've heard from so many different people with, with perhaps goals and visions that are kind of like yours but not how you would say it or, or kind of like yours but, but you would do it differently, that means that that is your goal and your vision coming out and let it come out because your bioregion, your culture, your perspective is going to resonate with people and going to help them step into the regenerative space because it's all of us together with all of our different perspectives leaning into that future of caring for the earth, caring for each other in ways that are empowering, in ways that are liberating in ways that help us grow, you know, teach people how to fish, not give people fish, give people the tools to have the greatest life, to be the heroes of the story. Dr. Brian Von Herzen talking about how the people in the Philippines, these, these poor seaweed farmers who are, are, are having climate change destroy their industry are going to be the ones that reverse it the ones that draw down the most carbon, the ones that take back charge and, and then suddenly have 11 months of growing season, du- more than doubling their capacity to earn. This, this is the kind of future I want to live in, where technology empowers us, where, where we, we're designing technologies where the plastics biodegrade and become fish food like Coco Vinny. These heroes, give me so much hope and I want you to feel that and then say, yeah, but I'm going to do it this way. Yeah. And I want to do it that way. Let's let it flow. Let's let it come to the surface so that we can see these ideas, write things down because every idea you have has another idea under it. And when we write things down, we liberate our mind to think that next thought, write all these down, take notes, what are your goals and visions for the future? You're most hopeful. What resonated with you this week? What do you look forward to? What set you on fire this week? What kind of world do you want to see? What kind of future do you want to have? Because what if, what if nothing changes? What if we keep on this trajectory? What if we keep our eyes focused? on that dystopian reality. I mean, we have a lot of, don't, don't we, we've got a lot of movies that focus on this. Mad Max, Minority Report, 1984, Brave New World. We got books, we got literature. This has been a fascination and focus that we've had for a very long time. And now it's here. And we have to respond from our core, from who we are, because that's the strongest leverage point. Have you ever heard the saying, don't look at the wall? Don't look at the the road immediately in front of you. Don't look at the wall. All these things, when you focus on the wrong thing, it affects your direction. It affects the way you drive. It affects how safe you are. The don't look at the wall thing comes from uh, really fast driving in cars. Um, when they do this racetrack, if you look at the wall, you end up hitting it. But if you look where you're going, you, you don't hit the wall. And so uh, keep your eyes on where you're going 
and you won't hit that wall. I feel like that is exactly the metaphor of right now. We need to keep our eye on the regenerative future so we don't go crashing into the wall of a degenerative feedback loop that causes runaway desertification, runaway acidification of the ocean and dead zones. That's, that's the real problem, is that if we hit runaway feedback loops that take us into complete death in an area. And we've seen this on the small scale. When I was a child, my mom, uh, who was a local politician, worked uh, bipartisanly. Uh, and and I, I know the people that she, she worked with that she even said at the time, because I was little, I remember this. Um, you know, I, I usually don't work with these people, um, but, but this is, we're coming together for, for Todd's point. We're coming together for this, this estuary, this wetland. And it went from dead and stinky and just gassing off to having egrets and being beautiful. And so I really think that if we keep our eyes on not the past, not division, not what, you know what I mean? We keep our eyes on like the common goal. We're going to get through this hard time. And in all ways, the holistic ways. But we need to head in a direction. We need to look there and we need to have a common vision that we can communicate to each other and hold together so that we can spread it more effectively and have it come into reality. And culturally right now, what do we transfix with? I'm not going to provide pictures. <laughs> we want families to watch this, man. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, it's, we're, we're fixated on the wall or, or something worse, you know, and a cliff, you know, and, and it's holistic. It, we're fixated on a lot of things that are leading us in the wrong direction, that are reinforcing the negative, that aren't focused on solutions, that aren't pumping us up. This makes me think of when we have to take big jumps. Like, I was a ski racer, and I wasn't ever great at doing the freestyle jumps or anything like that, but I started skiing when I was two and a half, so I'd done it plenty. Crashed plenty, too. But whenever, but what I learned in that process is that if you chicken out as you approach a jump, and you're like, well, I don't know, maybe, uh, you're gonna not make it to the other side if there's a gap that you're getting across. You're not gonna be able to bring the energy to meet the situation. So we see this all the time, right? We don't say it's the size of the dog. We say uh, it's the size of the fight in the dog, right? We need enough energy to get to that other side. So if we've got doubts in our mind, if we're psyching ourselves out and we've got to go and do this crazy jump, a great leap for mankind, right? We need, th th this transition is, is a, you know, a flashback to when we were regenerative compostable cultures in many ways, but it's also a leap forward because we can't go back living like that. We have to use technology to account for the amount of people, to uh, uh, account for the amount of stewardship that we've, we've, we've taken on by letting things, you know, come undone so far, we've taken on the responsibility to put them back together and then steward them as they heal. 
as the animals come back, as the predators come back, as the, the balance is worked out between them and as we realize, hey, we're missing this plant, we're missing this other animal that we don't know how they're tied together, but you brought that animal back in in this bioregion and now pff, there's a weird relationship between that bird and that wolf. I don't know, but it's true. These things are real and they are happening all the time. These, 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 these connections. And so we need to take responsibility, full responsibility and regenerate the earth. And the only way to do that is to bring so much energy, so much focus and hope and, and positivity and excitement and enthusiasm to this that we actually can get to the other side. And the wonderful thing is we've got these awesome examples that you've seen in this conference, but this is just scratching the surface. This is just the tip of the iceberg. There are so many more people than at this conference doing so much like everyone at this conference. There are many people. We are not alone. You are not alone. This is a big community. Just, you know, I, you know, I have thousands of students in my own communities and courses. I know Elaine Ingham has thousands of students. There are people who are training people, educating people on how to live and how to unlock their greatest potential, the environment's greatest potential and the future's greatest potential. And so I ask you to imagine what would the opposite look like of the world that we see today? What would the opposite look like? Think like what if all the amazing people that you've seen in this became our heroes? became the central focus of so social media. I'm not saying mandate or anything, but what if it was natural? What if people just got excited and hopeful and suddenly, you know, TV and, and, and Joe Rogan and you know, all the different things started focusing on how good things could be? What would that be like? How would that feel to see the forests return? one of the things I see the most in my meditations on this is I see the forests return. I see them, you know, regrowing out of the fires in the West Coast stubble and then I see the, the key line design happening in the whole West Coast on all the government owned lands, national forests. I see the watersheds and, and the land restoration start to happen. And as those trees start to grow and return and the, the, the desert sands start to have more moisture and you see these, these grasses start to come and these, these weedy plants on the edges of everything and, and then the soils begin to, to return as the, as the turnover starts to happen. We bring in grazers and the carbon starts to be drawn down massively in those, those newly emerging grasslands in areas that previously were desertified for decades, if not hundreds or thousands of years. Because if you know the Los Plateau Project, you know that we can do that all across the American West, everywhere. And we can bring green and water and plants and soil back. And then all the rivers and the lakes and the streams and the contested waters of the Colorado and all are all clean now and they're all filled and their banks are, are filled and, and there's life now and we've recreated 
the floodplains and the levels of our, 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 our streams and rivers so that there's naturally riparian areas again. We've let the beavers come back. The government lands have let wild bison return. The aquifers are recharging. The, the, the migration of the ducks, the migration of the, the elk and the bison, all of it are resurging. The animals are all returning. And we start to see things that we thought were extinct. We start to see plants and seeds and, and, and fungi and things that we've never seen in living memory emerge. And I know this is possible because this is what happens when Neil Speckman did what he did in the Saudi Arabian desert. Seeds can last thousands and thousands of years. And the animals are very good at hiding. And so the, the, these things begin to return and it begins to feel like magic, like a miracle is happening in our lives, in the world around us. We start to feel the opposite of what we feel now. Instead of angst, a constant perpetual anxiety, depression and worry about what's true and, and what, what we need to do and how much time do we have and is, it, is anything to be trusted? We start to feel like everything's kind of going our way. We start to feel like almost like lucky, like, oh my word, we got it just in time and look at the reaction. The earth was waiting. The earth was waiting to respond, to explode. It was like this pregnated potential in the earth that was just waiting to just get set off to just go into straight into abundance in a few short years. Now there's food forests and gardens everywhere. So food is our medicine because the soils are so good. The soils themselves and antidepressants in them when they're, when they're good. But, but did you know that the food itself can become medicine when it's at the highest level of health? So the land is, is medicine. The food is medicine. The plants are healed. The plants are healing. All of it starts to have this exponential, holistic 360. Maybe, maybe the other way too. All directions. Benefit for everything. And we start to see this flywheel of change. Regenerative ag becomes the only way to go because it makes so much more money. You don't need anything from outside your bioregion. You can just partner with people in your bioregion. You can be just getting things perennially from the ocean, from the seaweed farming matrix that's out there by every coast. People are growing soil with every season. The farmers are making the soil and the atmosphere and everyone better and healthier. Everything improves. They become national heroes. They become partnered with doctors because plants start becoming seen as key modalities to triggering our genes for higher levels of resistance and health. When then suddenly we're all wearing, this is organic, this is one of mine, um, but we're all wearing compostable clothing that's made bioregional. That's the next level, right? Fiber sheds. We, we have regenerative fiber sheds. The coastlines are all clean. The oceans are clean. The dead zones are all gone. The coral reefs are regrowing. And the ocean EHPH has balanced again. 
marine permaculture arrays are along every coast and along every area where the upwelling used to be, as well as new areas increasing circulation, bringing nutrients to the middle of the barren ocean to restart life and create way stations and oases for all the ocean life that travels the entire globe so that they can have food, so that they can replenish the ocean everywhere. And then building your home is easier and cheaper than ever. And it's safe. Natural building is taken off. Miguel Elliott's Cobb building has become the baseline norm for building all homes everywhere. And that's passive energy, that's passive solar, that's passive water harvesting, that's microbial growth, that's food forests, that's you know photosynthesis, all of the above. We're harnessing more energy, we're sinking it into the systems, we're sinking more potential, more life into the systems to create a flywheel of abundance. And not only that, we're going to be supporting our local economies, our bioregional economies. We're going to be strengthening. So these, these communities are filled with regenerative entrepreneurs that are turning bioregional resources and things that they can generate on their own homestead into powerful resources for, for resilience, for empowerment, for connection food, water, fiber, all of the above, we can be facilitating for our communities at a higher level, at a more regenerative level than they are right now. And that interconnection, that empowerment where we have local heroes, that creates vibrant, connected, regenerative, permanent cultures of joy, happiness, and care. So community centers like the World Beat Center with Makeda, where we're bringing all cultures together to celebrate everyone, to let everyone celebrate everyone's culture so that we all together can grow as a human family and help each other live regeneratively into the future. We will plant trees that we will never eat the fruit of together in that world. And that will be our norm. The world will be abundant, integrity, meaning, care will be abundant. I'm so excited for this future. And you know, even now, many of you may be asking, is this really possible? Well, again, it's these speakers at this conference. They are forerunners to that future. They are living it. They are in it. And that's why it feels so real to us. Because some of us, you know, have one foot in and we're like, oh, I just want to transition and get there. Some of us are in there and some of us can see and it, it may feel like there's an electric fence between you and it and it's like, it feels impossible and you're living in an apartment. But I am here to tell you that you can begin. You may just start with educating. You may start with growing mushrooms in your apartment. You may start with composting in your apartment. But begin. Begin. Because as you start the path and it grows in meaning, it grows in value, you grow, the world grows, you grow together. Thank you for contributing your visions. And if you still haven't, now is the time to do it. Hop in the circle, hop in our special conference social network because this is it, this is the moment. Exchange numbers, get to know people, contact them, let people know who you are, what you're doing, what you believe in, and, and make those connections now. 
because let's start this year with new friendships, new partnerships, new action steps, because the future is as bright as we make it. So make it bright. So you may be asking yourself, how can I get involved? What can I do? I mean, there's so many amazing people that we saw this week doing huge projects that can affect entire continents. People are affecting entire coastlines. People want to fix the entire ocean. People want to fix the entire atmosphere. How can I get involved? What can I do? What can my part be in all this? Well, the incredible thing is you can start now and you can get involved at, you know, the highest levels incredibly fast. You know, I met all these people, these incredible people, Dr. Lane Ingham, Zach Weiss, Raleigh Latham, Neil Speckman, John D. Liu. I met all of these people only seven years ago. And in that time, I've written over 20 different books. I, I, I've created over a dozen online courses. And so uh, you can come so far in this community. There is, there is room to rise. And there, there is so much new territory, new science, and, and, and new opportunities that people can just get in on the ground running and start doing things. That's why it's so powerful. That's why people in some of my courses are launching businesses within weeks and then having success within weeks and realizing like, hey, I can quit my job. Hey, this is supplementing my, my, my income. Hey, I'm finally getting out of debt. Hey, I can buy land. These things are happening. These things are real. And, and I, I've been amazed to watch them happen and to witness them as they've happened to my students. And this is the power of permaculture. This is the power of regenerative science. And so joining one of our communities, whether it's regenerative soil or the Advanced Permaculture Student Online, which is an incredible course. And you know, I don't do courses like, like most people do. I don't kick people out. I create lifetime access communities so that we can foster the change that we really want to see. We want we can support each other in this community rather than, you know, like this this style of like smash and grab education where it's like you got a month to be in here, you got a year to be in here, you got to get 90 to get this certification or I don't do any of that. Instead, everyone's included. We make it authentic. We make it student-centered and project-based. This is all coming from the fact that I was a professional public educator. I have a master's degree in education. I used to teach teachers how to not use homework and get kids to get incredibly high standardized test scores, higher than they were getting before. So it's all about connecting people to what is meaningful to them and making it real with them. And so this course is really the culmination of all my aspects, all my education. And it took years to create. And in fact, when I started, everyone wanted me to teach a permaculture design certification course, which is, you know, learning how to map your land and, how, and the understanding how to map it. But I didn't, I didn't do it because I knew from my time in my master's degree programs that best practices do not reward summatively the, the middle of the process. You want to summatively, like a summative assessment, you want to reward people for the end result because it's an authentic assessment when you actually are, 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 are thrown into the water and talk, you know, you gotta swim, right? That's what designing is when you actually start to install. You're like, oh wait, the contours don't actually map the landscape. Google Maps is wrong. 
you got to understand what to do. <laughs> you got to have alternative under, uh, routes of, of, of managing these things. We need communities to help us through, and that's a common difficulty, but, 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 but much more unique difficulties. And it's in that feedback loop that we actually learn more and then we all become teachers and we all grow together and it weaves this tapestry of community, of respect and understanding. And that's the kind of thing that we're seeing in the Advanced Permaculture Student Online, people creating real community and real change. Because design and installation is like intention and action. It's great to have intentions, but unless we take action, it's kind of meaningless, right? And so it's incredibly important that we get everyone to take action and have that be the focus moving forward. So critical thinking, problem solving, group discussion, you know, live Q and A's with experts. I've guest experts all year long that, that drop in and, and help us out. Adaptation over time is fostered by this feedback loop. And when it's on a community level, when it's on a global level, when people are connected to their, their climate analogs from across the globe and can help each other in unique ways, things begin to change. It's absolutely incredible to, to, to be in this kind of learning environment and, and, and growth. So I, I invite everyone to, to join us in this. It is the standard PDC, the 72-hour the PDC, plus the Advanced Permaculture Design Certification. And that's for creating an actual permaculture project. That's for making it real. So we, it's a unique course also in the fact that it's way more than 72 hours. It's more like three times that. And so we have a ton of content. We've got bonus content. We've got bonus courses if you choose to sign up that way. It is an incredibly deep educational path, and that's why it's the only accredited North American course that students can actually get credit for in public school institutions. And, and, and that's the first time a government body has ever issued that for any kind of permaculture education in North America. So it's rigorous, there's a lot of information, but it's designed for high schoolers to understand. It's high school accreditation, so it's written to be really understandable, really digestible, and action-oriented. So get that feedback as you grow, as you begin to implement these things, as things are maturing, as you're in the management stage. Every two weeks, for 10 months of the year, we have live Q&A. We have got guest experts, and we make sure that everyone's questions get answered. So join us for every season, join us for every year. Learn to install and design large permaculture sites. Learn to restore large and small landscapes. Learn to restore and build soil. Grow your best food, grow your best seeds. All climates, all contexts. This is full spectrum permaculture. And even better right now, we have 60% off and it's payment plans, so it's incredibly affordable. Everyone can get involved. And there's even options with even more courses thrown in and bonuses for 30% off. So it's still on sale, bonuses like crazy, and you get the physical book. So this is something that you're not gonna wanna miss. It's an incredible opportunity, self-paced, also with a live schedule. 
payment plans that work for everyone. My students have started businesses, started farms, installed large sites, written books, and installed many, many, many gardens, public and private. And you've even met a few of my students in this conference. So join us and start today on making your regenerative dreams a reality. You'll be learning from people like Dr. Elaine Ingham, people like Neil Speckman, people like, people like Brock Dolman, people like John D. Liu, and so many more, over 70 others. And it's just really an absolute honor to host this conference, to be the lead educator and the Advanced Permaculture Student Online, but also to be part of this, this greater movement, permaculture, regeneration, all of it is making the world a better place. And I thank you for being part of it too, for supporting it, for sharing it with the people in your life and for taking action. If you'd like to join us, click the link down below and start today, get involved and see what's possible. I'm Matt Powers, grow abundantly, learn daily and live regeneratively. And I'll see you soon. What I saw happening with the farms that began to learn how to use the probiotic technology was that they were becoming independent and free from the hydroponic stores, from the ag sellers who were pushing these chemicals to them. So, so Yeoman's put dams up on hillsides and you go all over Australia now and there's dams on hillsides because they don't know necessarily where that technology came from but he did it and then everyone else followed and sort of a Chinese whispers followed after that. Any swimming pool that has a pumping system in it and holds water on it can be converted into a biological system with just a few added additions. And Jean-Martin knew at that moment uh, that if he would say yes to that project in Ferme des Quatretins, he wouldn't have all the pieces in all the insights to scale up so fast. Uh, in fact, I agree with Gandhi, who came to feel after 50 years of work and experimentation and meditation that nonviolence is what makes us human. There's about 250 different kinds of ladybugs in North America, and um, they, the different ladybugs eat different critters. Soil is about everything. Everything is about the soil. You can have the prettiest garden in the world, but without that soil, you're not there. It is the highest form of digestible protein in the entire planet animal kingdom. More than soy, more than beef, more than chicken, all of that. Why? And what was that keyword? The keyword was digestible. And this is really important because our pattern literacy is the key to us operating at our best selves, at our highest like operating capacities, at you know our smartest selves, our wisest selves. And so we want this, we need this. And so peak performance, what they figured out is that we are enlarging our schema, our understanding of the holistic reality using patterns.